Marketing for Humans, bringing the human back into marketing. Hello, I'm Christina Fry, and I'm a marketing consultant for solo business owners. I'm also the creator of the Innate Marketing Genius Archetype System and the author of the Generosity Practice book, 40 Days to Unstoppable. I help you become a compelling expert of your field so that you can get great clients by being you. Shannon Giordano will tell you she's not a digital native, but she loves social media when it's used for good. For example, to connect us, to share authentically, and build relationships. She is passionate about helping business owners and entrepreneurs build a strategy to authentically share their products and services online. Her goal is to get the best return on investment from social media marketing. What gets her out of bed in the morning, other than her three-year-old Chinook Gracie and the need to get her kids up for school, is helping business owners and entrepreneurs build the social media community they dream of. We discussed how to get clients on Instagram, how to build trust on Instagram, what makes a Facebook group actually work, what to do about all the negative impacts of social media, and examples of what works in all of this. Let's hear from Shannon. All right. Well, thanks, Shannon, for joining me on Marketing for Humans. It's so fun to be here. Thank you, Christina. Yeah. So we are all about bringing the human back into marketing. And since you're a social media expert, I cannot wait to dig in to some good conversations about that because (laughs) things are going, I don't know, in interesting directions, depending on what the... um, you know, the actual vehicle is, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. I would love to hear you talk about how you help people. Oh, sure. Yeah. I work mainly with midlife women, business owners and entrepreneurs, um, trying to help them navigate, translate, you know, figure out, make it through the noise and create a strategy that helps them build that social media community with ease. I'm all about the ease, right? We don't really want to work harder and more hours. We want to have more deeper connections but maybe with a little more ease. (laughs) Okay. I like it. And uh, that to me speaks to marketing for humans, because when I say that phrase, I don't just mean human to human contact. I also mean a workload that a human can actually tackle. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to, I mean, you want to keep the passion and the why of what you do. You don't want to feel like, oh gosh, another thing to check off my list. Right. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, I think I'm most excited to hear about just using social media to build trust with potential clients, maybe even current clients who might refer you business, things like that. Like, you know, there are challenges right now. I am well aware of the Facebook whistleblower, for example, who, you know, there's a whole big campaign right now, I think about just one click where they're trying to get Facebook to make it much harder to just share links that cause instability. I mean, there's just a lot of bad news. <laughs> there really is. There's a lot of ways. I always say there's a lot of ways to use um, um, Instagram and Facebook for evil, but there's also a lot of ways to use social media for good too. Yeah. 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 And honestly, I think um, being a mature practitioner, if I can call both of us that right now, it's like, we've, we've maybe seen it all sort of, and we're not going to get sucked in to, cause I've also seen social media professionals just want to leave the industry. And I'm sure there's very good reason for that. So I'm, I'm really thankful to have you to talk to about this stuff. Cause 
I mean, there's nothing against their decision, but it just seems like you have your head on straight about how you can use this tool well to build rapport. So let's just talk about that. Um, and I'm just going to start general and let you take this in whatever direction feels right to you. So talk to me about building trust using something like Instagram these days. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think the like the heart of the heart is if you're with someone in person and they ask you about your business and you are so passionate about it, you can't wait to talk about it. So in your real life, that's the way you behave when someone asks you about your business. Well, I feel like very strongly, you should do that same thing on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you are. You want to take that same passion, personality, mission, whatever it is that makes you really excited about the work that you do. And you just want to translate that into social media posts instead. So rather than trying to make this perfect image of who you are, you should bring your real life humanity to social media and show people who you are in that way. Because, you know, our, our worlds are noisy, right? There are a lot of people who do what we do. We are not unique. We are not the only people. So the reason people gravitate toward us is because they see something that they like or that they trust or that they relate to, or, you know, so it's, it's bringing that stuff to social media that I think is the best. Yes, that's great. I like that example of, you know, if you're standing in front of somebody and they're asking you about what you do. And I mean, my version of that is being in front of a room, giving a talk about what I do. If I could bring that level of enthusiasm consistently on any platform, oh my gosh, I could take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, um, one, one thing that I'm, I I'll just start off with one of my favorite examples of using Instagram really well. Um, there is a, a, a gal that I have worked with as her client and she, her name is Allison Anderson. She's actually been on this podcast a couple of years ago and I've seen her use Instagram really intentionally as an energy healer, someone who she used to be a nutritionist and then she transitioned. She's like, you know, it's not about eating kale. It's so much deeper than that. I'm going into energy healing. (laughs) And so what she does is um, uses, she uses Instagram intuitively. Like when there's a deep message coming through her, she sits down and writes it out, finds gorgeous, um, obviously some gorgeous photo, usually from her own life. And she just puts down the most beautiful messages and then also is incredibly savvy with the hashtags. Mm. You know, she, she hired someone a couple of years ago to really bump up her followers. She's well over 4,000 followers. And, um, and now she's, I think probably she learned a lot about which hashtags to use and how to use them. And, I've heard you, you know, give great advice about that, like up to 30, don't always use the same ones, all that stuff. And, and she gets clients, I think pretty regularly from her posts on Instagram, like not something I would have expected, but she has used it so beautifully and well. And when you look at her feed, you're like, this is gorgeous. Just her feed alone has a consistency to it. And I just, she has changed me as far as my mind on what is possible on Instagram. So I'm just curious, like if you have anything to say about that, or if there's somebody else that you've worked with recently, maybe comes to mind, like how have you seen Instagram used really well? Yeah. You know, gosh, there's so many things I would say about that. I definitely want to talk about video and I will put a pin in that. But the first thing I will say, what I love in your example there is that she, so I, I'm, I think using Instagram to get business is part art and part science, right? The science part is that 
you show up consistently, you post, if not every day, then every few days so that there's some there there when people come to look for you and that you show up in their, their feed, right? But the other part is that you do have to have like creativity bubble up inside of you. And sometimes you can't do that every day, right? So you have to have this balance of sometimes you're the storyteller and you're sharing really interesting stuff that's going to really resonate with people. Other times you're just, you know, making sure people don't forget about you. You're sharing a funny quote or an interesting, you know, a meme or something that's kind of meaningful, but maybe is not exactly what, you know, your life's work is, right? Um, so I think that that's important to consider it an art and a science, you know, keep up with the consistency, but allow yourself, you don't have to be so consistent that you think, okay, I have to post every single day at 9am. And if I have nothing to say, I have to fake it. Because <laughs> you really don't, you can skip a Monday and you can go Tuesday, right? So um, that's one thing. And the second about video, I mean, Adam Mosseri, the head of Instagram, probably, I don't know, a month or six weeks ago now came out and said, we are no longer the platform of photographers. We are now, we want to be seen as a video platform. So that was kind of earth shattering in the social media world because everyone thought, first of all, I mean, Instagram was really started by the photography world, right? Um, and the second reason is it's, he's kind of giving us to the keys to the kingdom. Like if he says Instagram wants to be, you know, seen as a video content producer, well, guess what we need to produce on Instagram. If we want to get follows, we need to be producing video. So it's, you know, for my clients that would say, oh, I can't do reels. And I say, well, then try another kind of video. Maybe you record some video tips or you do an Instagram live where you interview someone or trying to, you know, do some things that still stay in your authentic zone but are producing video to make sure you're getting noticed. Okay. So with that, is there somebody that you've worked with recently or now or whatever that you are helping use Instagram? Well, I would love to hear some details. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I mean, there's a lot of people that I'm working with on Instagram right now. I have a client in Holliston, Massachusetts called the wine house and Rochelle Wagner is brilliant with her Instagram. And she's always trying new things and trying to do um, stories with interesting music. And, you know, I, I think it's um, the most fun people for me to work with. And the people that are using it best are the people that are willing to be creative, maybe, you know, try something new and understand that if it didn't work, that's okay. And then you do something else, or if it worked really well, and all of a sudden it's not working now, again, it's about course correction, trying new things, putting yourself out there um, in, in all kinds of interesting ways. Um, and hashtags are really key. I mean, the, the best part about hashtags is they really let Instagram know who you are so that Instagram knows who to share your posts with. Um, and they recently um, updated insights. So if you're looking at your Instagram posts and you click on the view insights button underneath the post, you can see how many people found you based on the hashtags that you used. So if you um, have 45 people that found you this on that post, non-followers, and you had 45 hashtags or not 45 hashtags, 45 people found you from hashtags, that's kind of a one-to-one. -one. It usually ends up being like that. So here's Instagram looking at you saying, oh, she's posting really interesting content about photography. I'm going to show her to more people that care about photography. And those are your people. Those are, that's who you want to find you. Yep. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing with getting really smart about SEO. It's like the exact same Absolutely. thing. There's a mechanic to it. And then there's the, wow, I just want to be in front of the right humans who <laughs> are looking for this exactly. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Because those are the people that are going to engage with you. I mean, you could have 10,000 followers on Instagram, but if they're not people who really care about what you're doing, 
it's not really worth it. And not even just from a financial perspective, but from an engagement perspective, when you post something, you want people to talk about it with you. You know, you want that feedback, right? That engagement. So, and sorry, what was the name of your client that you just mentioned? She's it's the wine house. It's at the wine house. And um, I think on Facebook, it might be the wine house Holliston. And then on Instagram, it's the wine house. So what kind of posts is she doing? Like things, fun facts about wine, you know, what, what, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, All kinds of stuff. So she has a sign out front that she switches up and puts funny sayings on. So she'll post that in a story. Um, She'll do lots of pairings or things people should know about Um, ways to, if you were buying some, she carries this, uh, a local, distillery called Glen Farmer out of Franklin. She carries their stuff and she would post, you know, the cranberry infused vodka with other things that go with it, or just to give people kind of creative ideas about things. I like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, recipe a place to find good recipes. Yeah. And it's, it really does, you know, put her in the right place at the right time where someone's thinking, Oh, I need a wine to bring to Thanksgiving or, Oh, I didn't know they carry charcuterie stuff. You know, I can make a board from what they have or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's good. Yeah. I I totally see that. And I'm curious as far as, so that's more product based, let's say, um, if, I mean, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you have somebody that you're working with that is like a real estate agent or a consultant or a coach of some kind. I'm curious what kinds of posts they might do. Is there someone that comes to mind? Yeah, I'm working with a few right now that we're writing their strategies. So um, I think I always talk about having a mix, right? So I talk about the thirds, right? So a third of the time you can be full on self-promotional. I do this thing. I have a new offer. Here's what I want to talk to you about. A third of the time should be more educational, informational, giving a reason reason for people to want to come back and see what you're doing. And then a third of the time should just be lighthearted fun, just behind the scenes, because sometimes those posts and stories get the best, you know, viewage or people coming back, right? Um, And, you know, you look at your Instagram profile as sort of a wall. Those are things that are going to stay there forever. But if it's something more like, here I am out on a dog walk this morning, I'm an interior designer, and I saw this beautiful blue um, bird fly by. And that was a great inspiration to me for why I designed this room or those kind of behind the scenes looks of how you think about your business. You can put those as stories. Those thing, kinds of things don't have to live out there forever. They can be more, you know, just like showing up on a daily basis or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's like the temporary, put it in the temporary area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a lot you can do. So it used to be that you had to have 10,000 followers on Instagram in order to be able to have a link to, to where you want to send people like a link over now in stories, you can actually link. So if you have a special offer, you can share it as a story and link people over to it. So there's a lot of changes like that that are coming that are making it easier for the, the smaller business, not someone with 10,000 followers to be able to get the word out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then how about um, how, you know, like I, I talked to you already about this, uh, Allison, this energy healer, Allison Anderson, and she basically converted people to being her clients. Like she would very specifically uh, speak to certain challenges, for example, allergies or anxiety or something like that. And then people would go to her website and very, you know, well-organized website schedule, uh, initial session, boom, off, off and running. I would love to hear where you have seen results where, I mean, not that this is something you can guarantee, but like mm-hmm. where a client has gotten actual clients, maybe regularly with Instagram. 
What about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that the way you described it is the way that it is works the best, right? A lot of times when people come to me and it's not working, it's because all of their posts are very general because they do so many things for people that they want to tell you all the stuff they do, but that doesn't really trigger the pain point in the client's mind and make them think, oh my gosh, I need her. Instead of, you know, having something like um, talking about pain, talking about um, mindfulness, talking about not getting sleep, talking like things that are going to make someone in that moment think, all right, I've got to pull the trigger. I'm going to book time to talk with her right now. Yeah. Um, and so the more often you can be very specific, have a call to action that's super clear, um, especially when it's something like a free consultation, because that's going to be a great way. That's most of the service providers I work with. That's what they do. They have a very clear call to action, book a call with me, but it's after they've said something, a little story about that pain point that someone's going to say, oh yeah, I need this now. Yeah. And in her case, I'm always excited when a professional can get to this level. Uh, in Allison's case, she does charge, I think like $88 at this time for a short session. And, mm -hmm. you know, as someone who watches people's rates as a form of branding, I actually yeah. love that because she does provide unbelievable value in a very short space of time. So um, not that, you know, all of us don't, but I just think that's like, Hey, my time is worth, right? There's a whole, we could have a whole conversation about rates and what yes. it communicates and how much we want to give free time away. Like right now I'm doing free sessions for 30 minutes. So, but yeah, I just think that's a great place to be as well. Absolutely. And I think $88 is very reasonable when it's going to solve a problem for you. Um, and like you said, I think people do value the time that they're spending with you more if they're paying for it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, nothing against doing things for free. It's always a good idea to do that. But um, yeah, I think it's, there is this kind of nice synergy when it's, you're offering a ton of value. They feel good that they're getting a ton of value for what they're paying. You feel paid for your time. It's totally a win-win. So then I have sort of a selfish question or selfishly motivated question that I hope will help <laughs> other people too, which is um, I am not using Instagram for business. And I, I have a personal account. I'm not super active on it, but active enough. And I have a lot of, um, I don't know, just photos of adventures that I've been doing recently. I have an entire feed dedicated to my dog. That's separate. And, you know, you always, you have this question in your head, like, am I missing out on an opportunity to use my personal account to, um, to actually talk about my business and maybe make it a little bit of both? Um, and my, so my question is a little bit like, what do you do when you just have a personal account? Uh, is there, do you recommend using that as a main account to talk about everything versus having like, you know, for me, it would be innate marketing genius. That would be the business account. I don't own that. Um, and I mean, when I think about that, I really think it depends on the business and the person. Like, again, I'm just going to come right back to Allison. Like she integrates both of those gorgeously. But mm -hmm. I see other people really, because her business is her, like it's mm -hmm. so clear that her love of her life is directly connected to her approach in her business. Like they both kind of benefit each other. I don't right. know if that's the same in every business, you know, like a wine shop, you want to have people who are interested in that one thing. Right. So I just want to present that to you as like a question that maybe some might, some other people might have as well. Yeah. So, you know, 
I would say from a business perspective, a couple of years ago, especially, I would have said you need a business Facebook page and a business Instagram. They need to be connected. And then you can still have your personal stuff on the side. But I found for me, I, you know, I, I, I got, it was too cumbersome. I couldn't do a business Facebook, a personal Facebook, my LinkedIn account, my Twitter account, my business um, Instagram and a personal Instagram. So I actually realized I feel the same way. Like I, in my, I infuse both of mine together in my Instagram. It's part personal, part business. And then I watch the analytics. So I, it, first of all, it shouldn't be a personal. If you can make it a business account or a creator account versus personal, you should do that anyway, because no one will know the difference. You'll know because you'll be able to see analytics, but nobody else will know. Um, but I, I find it more interesting when I follow people that interweave both of those. The people that just post business stuff constantly, I don't always get as much out of that. So I think it really depends on the person. And some people, like you're mentioning, Allison, some people do it so beautifully that you just feel like you want more and more and more. And that's always the target. Um, The other thing you can pay attention to, to people, anybody, does anybody unfollow you? Does anybody stop following you because you switch to more business stuff? Then you realize, oh, okay, all these people signed up to follow me because they just wanted to know how I was doing at home, not how my business is going. Most of my Instagram followers are either family and friends that are fine to watch both or people that I've met in business. So it's not really a personal account, even though I, you know, I, I do share some personal stuff on there. Yeah. I'm not a big proponent of keeping everything completely separate because I think it's kind of nice for people to get to know the real you. And I also tell people, I don't ever share anything on social media that I wouldn't tell everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about it being a personal versus business or I'm, I, you know, I, I don't feel like anything on social media is very private, even if you feel like it's private. So I think it's better off to kind of do something that facilitates the conversation that you want to have with people um, and also facilitates the lifestyle you want to have so that you're not updating six platforms every single day and feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't do all this. Yeah. That's like a full-time job. Yeah. So yeah. my other question would be around Facebook groups. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm guessing that you work with clients and recommend sometimes to do a Facebook group. I actually, I had one last year and closed it, which was really difficult because it was the same kind of thing. Like how many things do I want to be managing? Is this like, I have my own observations about which Facebook groups are worth it and which ones are thriving and why. Um, to me, there has to be, it's kind of like Pepperlane. Pepperlane has a live component where we all get to know each other and have real connection. And then there's a Facebook group that actually, it sort of reflects the light of that, you know, like it's there as an extra celebration, but it's not the main thing. It's there as another tool when there's all those networking meetings where there's real human interaction. So yeah, any thoughts around like Facebook groups that really work and why? Yeah, I mean, I love Facebook groups and I think the ones that are the best are the ones that are very clear on what their mission is. So the Facebook groups I go to, I don't go to all of them on a daily basis. I go to the ones that I need at that time. So whether it's, um, you know, a social media Facebook group where, you know, I'm struggling to figure out some functionality on reels and I can throw it out there and see if anybody knows technically how to answer something, or I belong to some, um, some Facebook groups, alumni groups from where I went to college. And those are the people that I go to for advice on, you know, my son needs surgery. I heard of these two surgeons at Mass Eye and Ear and Children's. Does anyone have experience? Because I, I feel like you, you pick these groups because either based on a topic that you need help with, 
or based on like, this is a group of people that I really trust and care about. We have a common culture. We have a common, you know, we care about something similarly. And those are the people I want to go to for those um, pieces of advice. I do belong to some groups that are more generalist, but I would never recommend a client to do that. I mean, I, you know, I, I see people do it and that it works for them. And it's like, you know, like larger business tips or ways to build a community. And some people are real fired up about it and they do great. But I feel like as a business owner, when your time is limited, if you're going to have a Facebook group, it should be very specific about what it's for and make sure you're trying to get people that care about that. Yeah. And I would love to hear if you, and I'll share a couple of mine while you, you might be thinking about this, but like, if you have a client that did open up a Facebook group, like what was the purpose of that? And then I'll just share with you really briefly, the Facebook groups that I appreciate. One is there's a buy nothing marblehead where there buy nothing is like a thing where people just yeah. exchange goods right all over the place. And you just post stuff and people say, Hey, I'm interested. It's kind of like a garage sale sort of, um, or just putting it on your front stoop, you know, instead of doing that, you put it on Facebook. So, um, I love going on there and I love seeing what people are offering. I love getting rid of stuff that way. Like it's just, you know, buying less makes me really happy. <laughs> so yeah. that's one. Another one is Pepper Lane. Um, for the reasons I've already stated, like I know pretty much almost everyone on it. I care about their businesses. I like to connect with those people. I like to help. So, um, and really those are like the biggies. I'm a member of several, uh, I'm in a BNI and we have one, but it's not very active. I think it's there just because people think it's a nice idea, but it's not really that it's just not, there's no real reason for it. If I'm honest. Right. right. Yeah. So anyone that comes to mind with someone you work with? Yeah. So I have a number that I love. Um, I have my own serendipity circle, which I love. And I try to post everything that, that's coming up in my business at the time, like any kind of Instagram tips I have or post questions. Um, so I, I obviously I post in there. I love Christine McShane's small business tips and tricks. Um, I learn a lot there. I love Jamie Chapman's um, Chick Book Creative. She has a like back to business and she posts a lot of really good nuggets. Um, I think because they're, they're all people who are listening to podcasts and learning new things and reading self-help books and all that stuff. So I get really fired up about that. So I have a number, those sort of business ones. And then um, I do belong to Pepper Lane and to Polka Dot Powerhouse and to Boston Business Women and some others that are more like women networking focused. I probably check in on those a little less frequently. And then, as I mentioned, I went to Mount Holyoke College. It's a women's college. So we, I have this a group of um, Mount Holyoke uh, alum over 40 that I'm in that group and a group of alums with kids. So that's where I go for more like family advice on things, or there's a lot of like anti-racist discussions that happen in diversity and equity inclusion, like real needy stuff. That's because it's a, like, it's not a small group, but it's a, a more targeted group of individuals that are in the group. So it, it tends to be um, really an interesting conversation wise for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. So that gives me a good idea about, you know, groups that work and um, that actually have a reason for being. <laughs> and then I would also ask just, you know, we kind of led with this, but, um, you know, with everything that's happening in social media, it does seem like the ground is shifting beneath our feet a little bit. You know, Facebook has a new name, which I have an opinion about. I will not state my opinion, but anyway. Um, like I, I watched a video of, of uh, somebody talking about Mark Zuckerberg's sort of introduction of the metaverse. And also there were some opinions there, which I will not state. 
Yeah, it's, it's a little um, surreal. It's a little Avengers sounding, isn't it? Like, yeah, like I just I think there's just nothing to say at this point. But anyway, I am curious. Like, let's say you were going to sit down with a couple of people who are a bit freaked out about you know how things are going and the things that you learn on the social dilemma. I do listen mm-hmm. to Tristan Harris. Uh, I think he is a beacon of light, quite frankly. He doesn't want social media to go away. He just wants it to be fostering our um, our inner angels instead of our inner demons. Like, thank God for him and, you know, his whole team. And yeah, so like if you were to sit down, like you don't seem phased by it at all. <laughs> you know what it is? I mean, I think, first of all, I think it's helpful to not be a digital native. Like I don't have my phone stapled to my hand 24 seven. Sometimes I'll come in from a meeting at eight o'clock at night. And then the next morning I'm looking for my phone and I realize it's still in my purse because I never took it out. So, you know, I, I, I like social media as a tool, not as a lifestyle. So I struggle more with younger people. Obviously I have twin boys that are 17. I worry more about their social media use. For me, I feel like I'm just very cautious about what I'll consume content wise. You know, I, I will, I don't go down the rat hole of certain, even if things show up in my feed, I just, you know, scoot on by. I don't, I, I tend to stay kind of surfacy with some of that. And then I dig in on the stuff that's really meaningful to me, like in some of the Facebook groups, or um, I use it for the tips and tricks kinds of things on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so I, I think it's a matter of like really treating it as one tool where you can bring parts of your life online and then letting go of the other stuff. And I, I'm following along. I mean, I care about the fact, all the, the targeting and the geocaching and the, you know, the fact that I can mention some, you know, toy or app or something to my husband in passing in my house. And then all of a sudden I'm getting ads on Facebook for it. Like, you know, like everybody, I don't love that. I, you know, it really drives me crazy. Um, and I don't like the fact that you could do research into one piece of information. And then all of a sudden you're getting all of that information. So you go down the rat hole of one sort of conspiracy theory. Now, all of a sudden you're, all you're seeing is stuff that, you know, validates that point of view. So I think some regulations are necessary there. I think that Mark Zuckerberg should not own the world. I think that there needs to be some healthy competition and some oversight and some figuring of that out because, yeah, it, it is. A, it can be divisive, right, in our country where people are very divided on what they believe in certain situations. And when Facebook just keeps giving you back more of what you believe rather than, like, again, I wouldn't go to Facebook for my news either. So that's the other right. thing is to don't go there to look for the news. You know, go to NPR, find some news sources. You can go to, you know, there's all, there's a whole spectrum of news sources from the left to the right. And you should, you know, be looking at many different ones to parse through what you think is real. Which also can become a full-time job, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, it, it does, it does seem like, you know, the, the whole crux of it is if it's a lifestyle, that's where the problem is. If yeah. it's a tool, you're fine. You know, because the whole time I'm hearing you talking, I'm thinking, you know, if somebody is sucked in, which obviously means it's a lifestyle, you know, what is the way out? And there's a gajillions of um, answers to that, right? It's like, yeah, you could get them involved in a sport or, you know, just like what kind of social situations are you in? And obviously COVID doesn't make that easy, but uh, what kind of family life do you have? Like, what is the foundational social structure that someone is a part of, you know, in just, yeah. And that, that comes first. And then where does yeah. social media fit into that? 
Absolutely. So the unplugged time is, is way more important than the plugged in time. Yeah. It also means that there's actually things to talk about when you're plugged in. <laughs> exactly. That's so true, right? If all you're doing is spending your whole time on social media, then you're just seeing the same stuff everybody else is seeing all the time, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've learned this, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this on my boost, like, meetings where I've started doing cold dipping like Wim Hof does. Right. And you know, it was 29 degrees last Wednesday and we went in and I I was like, this is crazy, but guess what? Tons of photos, videos of my dog, like all of it got up on Instagram and it's bonkers. Like people are just so excited about it. It's like the most exciting offline time to me is what makes for the best content on social media. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. You have to have the space and grace to be living your life. And then you bring some pieces of that back to social media. And I think it makes things so interesting. Like I remember being on that pepper lane where you were talking about swimming in the ocean and the, in the cold. And then we were talking about saunas. Right. And then I started something popped up. Well, of course, you know, popped up as a Facebook ad about saunas. And I thought, Oh, we just talked about this. Wouldn't it be cool to go swimming in the freezing cold ocean and then jump in a sauna? It would be like you're, you know, in Iceland or Scandinavia or something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes. I was, as a complete aside, I was thinking about getting one of those sleeping bag saunas. That's a thing, right? You can get like an infrared sauna that you can wrap around your body. But I'm like, I live anyway, you live in an apartment you have only so much closet space. Like where the heck is that thing going to live? Jury's still out anyway, (laughs) but to go from a sauna into the ocean and then back to the sauna that definitely appeals. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. And you'll feel way more alive than, you know, looking at stuff on Facebook. <laughs> and you know what? Um, honestly, I think that like, this is the other thing I'm aware of and that I watch as a marketer is the momentum of something, right? Like as a marketer, the more momentum there is around anything, the easier it is to market it. Mm. Cause all you're doing is showing something that everyone else is already excited about. Right. So what I noticed from this particular group that I'm part of when there were five people, I just had this sense that it was going to grow to 50, right? There was just this like life to it. And that was back in June. And we're now at 31 people on our text thread, you know, a growing Instagram feed. And I wouldn't be surprised if a Facebook group starts at some point with people who are interested in this kind of health strategy and people talking about it. Cause tons of people are talking about it. You know, famous people are talking about it. Um, that I could see being a Facebook group that I might want to be part of. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. yeah, When it's a topic that you have questions about that you want to know more of, or someone will bring something to your attention that you had never thought of before or. Yeah. Yeah. There was this silly man in Norway who sadly just died, but he would just make these videos of him with like a bottle of vodka and he would be skating on thin ice, literal thin ice. And then sometimes he would just drop into the water and that would all be captured on film with this weird cheesy music about Christmas in the background. <laughs> like He oh did not gosh. die from his cold dips, but I, he probably died from his vodka. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I love it. <laughs> anyway, that's YouTube for you. All right, cool. Well, um, I really appreciate that you were open to just talking about kind of the I don't know, the deeper side of how social media can make a difference and help and, you know, help build a business. And 
I mean, instead of just the mechanics. And if you're listening to this, Shannon has great content about, you know, exactly how to optimize Instagram for getting the most traction. And Shannon, where's a good place for people to want? Do you have any on your website or on social media that people could easily find? So I've been doing Instagram tips lately on my Instagram page, which is at Shan Giordano, S-H-A-N-N. G-I-O-R-D-A-N-O. And I share some of those same things on Facebook, but to a lesser degree, it's mainly on Instagram. And I'm trying to do more with sliders to really have people understand and creating my own reels. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Um, I am not a a fantastically creative reels person, but I feel like technically I need to know how to do it so I can advise people. And it's really fun. It's just so time consuming. It's, it's hard, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about Instagram or any tips at all. LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, not Pinterest. I really have no Pinterest skills whatsoever, but the rest I love. (laughs) Okay, good. Now we know where to, to get some good fun facts about how things might be changing algorithm and all that stuff. So I appreciate that. Wonderful. Well, I will talk to you soon. I will see you around the Pepper Lane block and thank you again. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Now you have ways to show up authentically and consistently on social media. So go have some fun with that. Thank you, Shannon. As a branding and marketing expert, I help you get great clients by being you. So you can start by discovering your marketing archetype. Just go to innatemarketinggenius.com slash assessment, and you'll find out in five minutes. If it's time for you to have individualized boutique coaching support to become a compelling expert, schedule a meeting with me through innatemarketinggenius.com. Finally, be sure to leave a rating and review. It helps people find us so that we can all do more marketing for humans. Until next time.